We talk the talk, we talk the talk From the shots that's called to the tomahawks To the league boss and the ones who lost Give it to me once, I don't drop the ball To the home runs that was out the park Kershaw when I'm pitching off Kobe the Howard, he looking soft LA Rams in the city, y'all You like that, you like that, you like that Kirk Cousins back, long bomb to D-Jacks Got special guests, got breaking news Got what's new if you need that Watch me speak like Ali R.I.P. Not a person on earth that can't stop me Game 7, get a ball to Kyrie Three Welcome to, welcome to Talk That Talk on 90, actually I almost messed it up and said 91.5, we are no longer on that. Welcome to it, I am your host Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, Relly Graham, ASAP Relly, whatever you know me as, in studio with my guy Salim Dweck, Mr. Florida Man, what's the deal? What's going on man, good to see you brother. Good to see you as well, good to see you as well man. Um, How's your week been? My week has been good man, it's been good, I'm not even going to lie to you. I've had up and down days throughout the week, but all in all, it's a pretty good week, man. I can't complain. Well, at least I won't complain. I'll tell you that much. Um, how about yours? It's been good, man. You know what? I've been enjoying my time off a little bit. Good. You I, worked uh, for it. I signed up for Uber, but I'm just, I waited for, uh, I got to prove my background check, so I'll start Monday. Okay. Inshallah. Okay. No worries about the background check passing, right? Yeah, yeah. I got it passed. I was waiting all week for it. But it gave me like a little time to just take some time off after four and a half years of college Working. and work, and it felt nice. Like I'm not gonna lie, like last Sunday when we did the show, mm -hmm. normally in the back of my mind every Sunday I'm like, "Damn, I gotta get home and do a bunch of homework." Exactly. Damn. And then after the show, I was thinking, I was like, "Oh wait, no, I'm good." <laughs> yeah, and, and to be honest with you, this is what uh, a couple of years in a row now that we've um, done the show here at UNLV, but. What was it? Maybe two or three semesters ago, we had to leave the newsroom to come do the show and then go back to the newsroom to yeah, finish production yeah, yeah. meetings and things like that. So pitch meetings and all. So uh, we've come a long way, man. We've come a long way. I did. Let me let me actually make a couple announcements really quick. Um, if you guys follow us on social media, you guys already know everybody uh, that is on the Talk That Talk staff now are officially all college graduates. There is a bachelor's degree. And every single one of our on every single one of our mantles, so uh, I'm really really proud of that. I think that uh, that's something to be proud of to build an entire team that uh, that are all college graduates. It's not something that's easy, but it's something that was necessary. Um, I don't know what to say, man. I mean, I, I, I take great pride in that. I, I really oh, do. Oh, absolutely, man. It feels good. I'm super excited to get to. Uh why is talking about Westgate? Westgate, yeah, thank you. I was about to say, please don't tell me you're talking about Westgate. But, nah, we, we definitely are excited to get to Westgate. Uh, I believe on the 30th is when I talk to them again. Um, but, of course, we know the holidays and things of that nature. We're heading into a new year, not to mention COVID. Um, so things are a little different this year. Things are a little different. Absolutely. Um, one thing I will say, if you guys are following us on social media, you guys do know a little bit about it already. But we do have an intern now, so that's something new. That's something that uh, – I didn't expect to have it right now, but uh, sure enough, we do have one. So shout out to Kobe Rich. If you oh, know anything Kobe, about um, us and just kind of everything that we do, we've been working on some things behind the scenes. We have a huge project that we're working on behind the scenes that Kobe has literally been in the middle of. She's been the heart of it. So um, I'm excited to finally get to work, uh, officially, I guess, and we'll see what comes of that because I know Kobe's brain power and Kobe's mindset, and she's a crazy workhorse. So Yeah, it's exciting. It's an very, exciting time. It's a very exciting time for this radio show. I think, 
I hope the listeners realize that you're on the ground floor. You're, you're here in the very beginning episodes of something that's going to last a very long time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God willing. And I so, love to hear that. So, you know. We got a lot of basketball to get to today. I do know that. I do know for a fact that we're going to get some NFL scores updated for you guys really quick. This is week 16 in the NFL. We are going to get to all the the games that happened before Sunday. So we do have our Christmas Day game. We do have our three games from last night. And we're going to give you guys an update on the games that are going around in the NFL today. With 8.44 left in the fourth quarter, the Chiefs hold a 10-7 lead over the Atlanta Falcons. That game hasn't been... Typical Kansas City. Um, I didn't expect that. You know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody expected it. But did you expect the Did you expect the Chiefs to only lose one game this year? One, no. But I, I did think they would probably go like thirteen and three or fourteen and two. I was thinking fourteen and two, thirteen and three ish. Yeah. Like that's kind of where I was at with it. But um, I'm gonna be honest, man. <laughs> this would be one of the games that I could see Atlanta pulling out. Because it doesn't mean anything for the Chiefs in the grand scheme of things. No. No, I mean, the only reason they're – even though for Mahomes, like, you could give him, like, 10 weeks off, and that man will still, like – I think so. Um, another game that's been surprising, but this would be, what, two weeks in a row if this was to uh, go ahead and continue with this trend. But the Jets are holding a lead right now, heading into the fourth quarter by 52 seconds removed. They hold a 20-10 to 10 lead over the Cleveland Browns. Not to mention, those Cleveland Browns are 10-4 and four on the season. Um, As a Dolphins fan, that this is a big game. You ain't got to explain it to me. We'll get to the Dolphins know, later. <laughs> I'm telling the, the listeners if you don't know. We'll get to the Dolphins later. You don't got to explain it to me. Trust me. But this other game, people have been kind of What's the word I'm looking for? You really hate to see it. I, I want to say that people have been anxious. I feel like that's the word I want to use with Pittsburgh after starting the year undefeated. What They start the year 11-0. and um, Since then, they've lost three straight games to the Washington football team, the Buffalo Bills, and who did they lose to last week? The Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so Pittsburgh isn't looking in the, in, the, in the best of lights right now, especially if they lose today. Heading into the fourth quarter, they're down 24-14 to 14 at home to the Indianapolis Colts. We shall see if Phillip Rivers and his uh, vaunted defense can go ahead and uh, hold off the um, Pittsburgh Steelers and send them to 11-4. and four. How many more games do we have? Okay, so only three more games from this morning. We do have the since, or excuse me, we do have the Chicago Bears with a 34 to 10 lead over the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Heading into the fourth quarter, Mitchell Trubisky has 259 yards through the air, in addition to two touchdowns. Mitchell Trubisky has been playing lights out since returning to the starting lineup. His one bad game came against the Green Bay Packers. I'm not gonna lie with with Trubisky. I loved him as a rookie. I think his second season was really good. I I, I know this. I'm still a believer in him. I don't think he's ever going to be like, you know, incredible. Right. If I were if I were the Bears, I would probably I w- I would probably at least keep him for another year. If you're the Bears and you can go get Matt Ryan, do you do it? Depends on the cost, but yeah, I probably do it. Uh Has Matt Ryan ever had a good defense? I'd have to look back. I mean, I want to say maybe one year. One of those Tony Gonzalez teams. 
even then. That, yeah, that's gone. And that's <laughs> even going then, back a very long. That was like ten years. Exactly. Ago. Roddy White and Julio Jones were still expected to make big plays. Not, man. Guys like Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford, man, just playing for a franchise that wasted their careers, or at least a lot of it. Yeah, let's talk about Matthew Stafford too. Um, Free Matt Stafford. Really quick as well too. We're talking about old school Atlanta team. Shout out to Algie Crumpler. Algie, oh, I just want to go ahead a, and do that. That's I, a t- name I haven't heard in a tight very ends long. are like I, I told you. I, I mentioned Dallas Clark a couple of months Dallas ago. Dallas Clark. And I'm when I play football, I play tight end. So right, I'm right. looking at certain tight ends like Algie Crumpler. You're a dog, bro. Like Delaney Walker. You're a dog. Like you may not get your Charles Clay. Bro, let's not do it, bro. Let's not do it. Bro. Oh, I could name old. Let's tight not ends do it, day. bro. Let's not do it. Like I'm, I'm extremely excited that Mercedes Lewis is a Packer because when he got drafted out of You're UCLA Michael to Finley? the, come on, bro, come <laughs> on, bro, come on, bro. Oh, if God. injuries didn't knock Jermichael Finley out of his career, he would have been a, a real problem. Oh, absolutely, a serious problem. All right, let's go ahead and finish these last two scores really quick. It is 24 to 24 with 12:56 to go in Houston, and that game is knotted up with the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals do have the ball right now, and they are at uh, Houston's 27-yard line. We'll see if they can come away with points. And then lastly, we have the Baltimore Ravens with a three-touchdown lead over the New York football Giants with 11-0-3 left in the fourth quarter. That was a 14-0 start in the first, at the end of the first quarter for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, out of these games that we kind of talked about so far this morning, which one do you want to talk about? I mean, I think we have to talk about that Jets game. Okay, so I'm going to actually let you talk about the Jets game and – I'll see if I want to piggyback off it because I want to talk about this Pittsburgh game. Man. We'll talk, yeah, we'll talk about both. Um, I'm gonna let you start. Only the Jets, man. Like <laughs> it's only Adam Gase. You you really you're in the driver's seat for tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence, and I know people were saying he's gonna go back to school. I don't think he would have gone back to school. That's too much. It depends money. on who's the number one pick. It's just too much. I, even with the Jets. It's just too much money if they tell him, look, Adam Gase is gone. He's gone the day after the season. I hate to say it, but I don't think that Trevor Lawrence would go back to school if it's the Jags. I think he would go back to school if it's the Jags. I think, and this is the reason somebody said this, and I really, I agree. Trevor Lawrence is a Southern guy. Mm -hmm. He's heavily, he's Christian. Mm-hmm. He would fit in in a place like Jacksonville. He'd like, he'd like it. Jacksonville's a huge. I'm talking city. about the team still. Oh, the Jaguars. I, I think. Look, I think Trevor Lawrence event like comes out because let's say you wait another year, and you know the Jaguars. If they don't get Trevor, they're probably going to be very bad again. True. The Jets don't look like they're going to be anything <laughs> special. I mean, can you imagine you wait another year to go get some money, and then you gotta. <laughs> And then you end up going to a worse team than the Jags or the Jets? Nah, I'm not doing it. Nah, I, look, we could talk and we could speculate. I think Trevor Lawrence is Okay, so no, 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 no. What happens if Trevor Lawrence does go back to school, and let's say Trevor Lawrence is at Clemson, he has one more year, he wants a full college football season, and Matthew Stafford goes to the Jaguars or something, not a Detroit Lions or the number one overall pick? That's a little different. Yeah. What about Atlanta? In, in that situation, I guess uh... – Either Fields or Zach would go one. I mean, I would assume that Trevor Lawrence and Zach, or excuse me, and uh, Justin Fields are going two of the top four anyway. Justin Fields has a huge game coming up because the two toughest defenses he's played, Northwestern and Indiana. Absolutely. He's looked very bad, but he has a chance to rewrite that sort of, uh, because now there's this narrative starting that he can't play against good teams. Which makes no sense, but okay. 
But now he has a chance to, you know, I think this is a, a big game coming up for his draft stock. We're going to go ahead and get back to this Jazz game, but how Fair how weird has college football been, of course, this entire season? But not only that, has Ohio State football not been hit the worst by COVID? Yeah, absolutely. So there's only – I'm taking a grain of salt with that. There's only so much I'm going to talk about. I think that Justin Fields has – should be given extreme praise and compliments simply because he's had a roller coaster of a ride, whether not – whether um, believing that he's not going to play or finding out he's going to play last minute or yeah. switching opponents or, to like, whatever the case may be from travel to everything else. If you guys understand what the job of a quarterback is – Justin Fields should be extremely praised this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I think him and Zach Wilson are right there with each other. I like are you that. offended that Ian Book isn't a Final Four final, isn't a uh, Heisman finalist? Offended maybe is not the right word. I think he should be. But I'm not even the, a Notre Dame fan, bro. And this, what the, sense does it make? Although you do look at the Heisman finalists and you're like, I mean, geez, these guys, like... Kyle Trask started the season insane. Didn't end that season. Didn't end the season that way. He re- He's another guy that probably hurt his draft stock at the end there. 100%. Because people were talking about late first round. Absolutely. Not anymore. And now I'm looking at these mock drafts. I see second and third. Felipe Franks, who was at Florida before he transferred yeah, over to Arkansas, okay. he, he hurt his stock behind... Uh, it wasn't his fault, but it was an injury. Yeah. So we've seen it happen a bunch of times. I don't think Justin Fields is the one that I'm going to go ahead and point at this year and say he may have hurt his stock. I agree with you. I agree with you personally. <laughs> but we know how the draft works and all these teams with the over like four months of psychoanalyzing Jeez. and every defense. And this is a huge game for him coming up. How are you about that? We're about to go ahead and get right back into these games really quick. But how are you about that? Like, if your teacher tells you you could have, let's say, let's say it's a, let's say it's a test, mm-hmm. and you come in and your teacher tells you, okay, cool, you guys already been prepping for this test all weekend. You got twenty more minutes to study. Are you the type of person that wants that twenty minutes, or give me the test, fam? Which one are you? You said I've studied hard. I didn't say whether you studied hard or not. You tell me what you did. I said that you had the weekend to study. You show up on Monday. The teacher tells you you got 20 more minutes to study. What do you do? In my experience throughout life and going to school, that 20 minutes has never benefited me. Not it, not once. You know what? Not it's, once. Even, it's even more torturous because you just read it, and then on the test you'll get that question. You're like, <laughs> bro, what? You feel like you what? read something in that 20 minutes that contradicts your whole weekend of studying. No, you no, be no. like, fam, no, wait, no, wait, no, wait, no. wait, 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 wait. I, I never – those 20 <laughs> minutes have never helped me, and in fact – have hurt me. I've told teachers at UNLV, I, you didn't teach this. I don't think you taught this. I, if you did, I wasn't here. I, maybe I had a game to cover. I don't know. Um, it's tough just because of the fact that, like, at the end of the day, people will just say you're giving excuses. But sometimes I'm like, bro, you didn't teach this shit. There's no way you did. Like, Maybe you thought you taught it. Maybe you had it in your notes one day, but you didn't get to it. Anyway, um, these Jets are up 20-10 to 10 on the uh, Cleveland Browns, not to go ahead and, and sully Celine's point that he's about to get to. The Browns do have the ball at the New York Jet four-yard line with 13 minutes to go in regulation. If they go ahead and uh, come away with seven points here, that game is in – or, excuse me, is a one-possession game. It, what surprises you about this game or doesn't surprise you? 
Are those uh, is Jarvis Landry and those guys playing for Cleveland today? Let's double check. Let's hit this um, box score, and I'm pretty sure that they are. And Jarvis is not. Yeah, because of the COVID uh, thing with all the wide receivers. Why is this thing like this, though? It's showing me two Clevelands, but anyway. But this is a big game. I mean, there's seven playoff teams in the AFC. And I think this is the best the AFC has been in a very long time because the Dolphins, if they lose next week mm-hmm. and the Ravens don't lose to the Bengals, mm-hmm. which they probably will not, the Dolphins will be 10-6 and six and out of the playoffs. Not to mention... While watching last night's game, Kurt Warner was speaking about the AFC, and he was saying that if everything similar to what you just said, if you guys win out, or if you guys, um, excuse me, if you guys do win out and the Ravens win, um, there will be an 11 win team on the outside. Yeah, it's even the Browns; they can go 11 and five and and still miss the playoffs, I which is insane. I forgot about how that works, but I saw like some crazy scenario where the Browns go 11 and five and miss. Can you imagine that? I'd be so sick. No, I think Baker would be. <laughs> Baker. No, I'd be so. Only the nah, Brown. Man. No. I'm going to be. <laughs> I will be honest with you. What up? I, I guess we should talk about. The, do you want to talk about the Pittsburgh game? Should we go into the Miami game from last night? Uh, I'm not going into the Miami game yet. So if you want to talk about Miami, we can hold off. Yeah, we can hold off. On All that. right, cool. So we'll get, in, we'll get into these um, other games that happened leading up to this uh, NFL Sunday. But speaking about this. This. Indianapolis Colts, um, Pittsburgh Steelers game. I know you guys, like I said, let's go ahead and just talk about it. Everybody already thinks that I hate them anyway. <sighs> Whatever, just let it be. Everybody assumes that I hate the Falcons now have scored their second touchdown of the game. Both of them have been by Matt Ryan, 24 for 28, 258 yards, two touchdowns. The Falcons have a 14-10 lead over the Chiefs with 4.26 to go in regulation. We'll see what happens there. Um, Not to mention that game is in Kansas City, so pay attention to that. Excuse me. If the Chiefs lose, both losses will be at home. The only loss on their their ledger right now is a loss to the Las Vegas Raiders, and I believe that was in week five. Um, So going back to this Phillip Rivers-led coach team, we talked about how many weapons this coat team had, whether it was in the backfield, whether I mean they have a three headed monster in the backfield when healthy. Um elite receivers on the outside, whether you whether it's T. Y. Hilton or whether it's a, a young rookie like Michael Pittman. Um and then you have a defense that literally is one of the most well rounded defenses I've seen in a little bit. Um and I don't want to give them too much credit, but I think that they have a lot of underrated talent on that defense. And I'm going to say that I haven't seen a defense like that since Seattle Super Bowl year. I agree. And I'm going with Michael, excuse me, with Malcolm Smith becoming a superstar that year and Bobby Wagner solidifying himself as Hall of Fame worthy in terms of what they did that year. And then, of course, the Legion of Boom is what it is. That became a legend in itself. Um, One of the best secondaries of all time. A hundred percent. Like, not only looking at the numbers, but looking at what those individual players did in other places as well. Um, I think that's something that goes uh, vastly understated. So we talked all this time about kind of just putting in a competent quarterback. And before Phillip Rivers uh, made his selection to go to the coach, which made a lot of sense, you and me were pushing for Matthew Stafford to go to the coach and see what he could do. I think that would have been a good move for them. Or Matt Ryan. This Phillip Rivers one doesn't look bad. (laughs) No, he's playing well. Uh... Although, 
I don't think he's been special. He's been Does good. he have to be special? No, exactly. That's the point. Like, they have a very good defense. Uh, he doesn't have to be special. At some point, do you think he needs to be? Yes. You. So because of that, where where are you at on the coast? Because if, if – I don't want to go Look, ahead and fill it, fill it happen, for you. Anything can happen, but if you're playing in the playoffs, you need to go far – with some slight exceptions over the years, you need special quarterback play at some point. Mm. Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. So I'm not saying it's impossible for him to do that. I'm just going to say this really quick. not to, or Also, just to kind of give you guys a heads up, Philip Rivers has been sacked five times today for a total loss of 32 yards. Um, I feel like I've asked you this before. Is Cam Newton a Hall of Famer? My heart wants to say yes, but my head says not yet. You might know where I'm going, and if you guys are watching this on Instagram Live right now, I know it's not on the Talk That Talk show uh, page, but it's um, on my personal one. I've said this a couple of times now. Let's talk Phillip Rivers and Cam Newton. Which quarterback has led their team to a 15-1 season? Panthers, Cam. Between Phillip Rivers and Cam Newton, which one of those two players has an MVP award? That would be Cam. Between Phillip Rivers and Cam Newton, which one has was voted the number one player in all of football by his peers? That I'm not sure. I'm assuming it's Cam. Cam. Which one of those players out of Phillip Rivers and Cam Newton has been to the Super Bowl? That'd be Cam. Cam Newton is a surefire Hall of Famer, in my opinion, and Phillip Rivers, not yet. Philip Rivers has 420 career touchdown passes. Very much so. Tied it today. Might have passed it today. So, in my opinion, oh, he tied it today. Philip Rivers is first ballot. I'm not a huge fan of his, but he's first ballot Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm just saying, me like I had to say me personally yeah. what I feel like, but that's only because everybody is like, oh, Philip Rivers is a surefire Hall of Famer. If Philip Rivers is a surefire Hall of Famer, first ballot, all of these different things, what is Cam Newton? Because Cam has done more by himself and hasn't had the same teams. You put Philip River, or excuse me, you put Cam Newton with LaDainian Tomlinson, regardless of how old. Yeah. What does that team look like? I'll say that, in my opinion, I think Cam still has to, because aside from that MVP year, he had like two really good years aside from that. And then, but those three years. He was so good that it makes me think almost. But for me, he's not there yet. That's just my opinion. That's just the way I'm just – I am I know I'm probably going to look back and be like, for you to say Cam is a first ball – or for you to say Cam is a Hall of Famer and Phillip Rivers isn't, only thing I'm going to is what I've been told for years. I've been told effect on the game. I've been told statistics. I've been told numbers and all these different things. If you're being told all of these milestones and all of these numbers matter and and being a, a, a dominant force when playing in your generation, all of these different things, people are more scared of Cam Newton than they are Phillip Rivers. And Phillip Rivers has a better arm than Cam. Don't we believe that? Um, I think at Cam's peak, yes. Uh, today I disagree. but Today you disagree that who has a better arm, Cam? Not better arm necessarily, but I think – Teams today are probably more afraid of Phillip. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. 
Definitely. I, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Cam looks like sometimes he can't throw the ball 20 yards down the field. And it's, I, I'm going back to that shoulder injury. Yeah, and then he's still uh, – you can tell he definitely has issues planting his feet. Um, that could be – I'm assuming it's from the foot injury. Oh, I was about to say a little bit of happy feet in the end zone. I mean, in the uh, pocket. One of the things with Cam is that what bothers me mm-hmm. is that some of the stuff he – like, he still sometimes will throw flat-footed. Yes. And it bought like, even before, like, he hurt his foot, and I'm like, dude, you're too good for this. At the same time, too, how much do you – well, granted, this goes back to the Kyrie Irving. I know we're merging conversations, but it goes back to knowing when to deploy your talents. And do you think that there could have been a moment where Cam Newton relied so much on his physical athleticism that, I mean, I don't have to do things by the book per se? I will say in the year where he had his MVP year where the Panthers went 15-1. and one, Yes. He threw 35 TDs, 10 picks, you know. a lot of – I forget the amount of yards. It was – that year, I mean, he was at his most accurate. You could tell that year his footwork was on point. Um, and I'm not – I would I'd have to go back and look at numbers, but in terms of accuracy percent or completion percentage, the most accurate Cam has ever been was his last season in Carolina, and that was under North Turner. So – By completion percentage? By completion percentage. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm the reason why I brought that up is not to, def, not to refute your point. The reason why I brought that up is to say that I don't think Cam is done. Like, he doesn't look good this year, yes, but there was no – I mean, it sounds like an excuse for everybody else, but there was no, no OTAs, there's, there's no preseason, and he gets he two has, weeks before he's a starter on opening day. He has nobody to throw to. Not to mention. Like, he, who is he throwing the ball to? Like, no offense to Nikhil Harry, you know, but right. – And Jacoby Myers. And Jacoby Myers, but those guys are not – Devin Asiasi. Yeah, shut up. Yeah. But it's I, like, I've given out a lot of UCLA love. I got it, you. I think Cam can be a lot better than what he's shown this year. Uh, do I think he gets another chance at a, at a starting job? Maybe. Cam, after this season, man, as much it's as I love be, Cam, I don't know if he it, will. It's going to be very difficult for him to get one. Maybe if he gets brought in as a backup, somebody gets hurt, and then he plays well. Which I see one place where that could possibly happen, where Cam could go and be a backup. I could see Cam Newton going and being a backup for Justin Herbert. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be good for them. That's about, that's about as far as I'm going. I don't think Although Cam Although I don't Newton, know what Tyrod Taylor's uh, contract situation absolutely. looks like. Not to mention, we could have a whole other podcast about Tyrod Taylor in terms of that and punctured lung and Jesus how that happened. Christ. But whatever. That I have plenty of questions about that. Um So let's go ahead and give you guys an update on these scores really quick before we go ahead and talk NBA and then we will circle back and talk these um, these Fridays and Saturday Friday and Saturday games that happen in the NFL. But looking at these scores from this morning, <laughs> Salim, does it surprise you <laughs> that the Chiefs are right back on top? A passing touchdown by Patrick Mahomes that was twenty five yards to Demarcus Robinson, and now they are well the extra point is pending, but they are up sixteen to fourteen with two oh one left in the fourth quarter. That means Matt Ryan in that Atlanta offense will get the ball back. Um, the Browns did go ahead and score. I need to go back and double-check and see exactly what happened with the extra point or whether they went for two. But they are down 20-16 to 16 on the road in New York to the Jets with 8.06 to go in that, re- I mean, that game as well. The Pittsburgh Steelers have the ball at Indianapolis's five, or excuse me, 25-yard line, and they are down 24-21. to 21. That game has under eight minutes to go. Three other games for you this morning. 
the Chicago Bears have absolutely blown the door off the building against um, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They scored 21 unanswered points in the third quarter, and now they hold a 41-10 lead with 5.15 to go in regulation. With 5.42 to go in regulation, the New York Giants have the ball down 27-13 to the Baltimore Ravens. We'll see how far this game or how close this game actually ends up. Daniel Jones is 22 for 34 with 223 yards and a touchdown. And then our last game from this morning, Brandon Allen is hoping to lead a comeback drive right now for the Cincinnati Bengals with five, actually with four and a half Still minutes Bengals, left. Baby. And they have a 27 to 31 lead, or excuse me, 27 to 31 deficit that they are trying to um, get in front of. And Salim is over here cheering because. The Dolphins own that Houston first-round pick. Absolutely. So the worse that the Texans are, (laughs) the better pick that the Dolphins will get. Um, Let's go ahead and talk some basketball because we didn't get all the time in the world to um, prep for basketball season. Um, If we didn't get all the time in the world to prep for it, I'm not sure what the Lakers and the the Miami Heat got. (laughs) But uh, whatever. If they had to jump into it, let's just jump into it ourselves. Um... Shout out to Alex. Shout out to Alex White. Um, mm-hmm. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, just the rest of your family, stay healthy. Shout out to Kenny White. Shout out to Donna. Um, where are we at? Where are we at? I wanted to say shout out to Alex because Alex went ahead and wrote some key points that we needed to see. For um, I mean, we need to um, read off in the NBA. There are six undefeated teams in the NBA, or excuse me, in the um, Eastern Conference. Can you name them? The Hawks, the Cavaliers. That's two. Hold on. Give me a sec. Let me think about all these teams. All good. Hawks, Cavaliers. <laughs> That's an interesting first two. Sixers. Absolutely. That's three. Yes, sir. Just give Excuse me. me. It's five. It's five. Five teams. Okay. That's three. Uh, let's see. Orlando. No, no wait. Wait. Yes. Orlando, right? Let me double check. Let me double check. But I'm looking at my um, rundown notes right now. That's four. The Orlando Magic is. Oh, no, she was right. She was right. It is six. She was right. That's four. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Indiana? Indiana is Indiana's one. Indiana is five. Give me the last one. Okay. Let me see. Let me run down my mind here. Don't tell me. Just give me a couple minutes. <laughs> no problem. Uh, let's see. This one should be the easy one. I'm a little surprised at you. Oh, Brooklyn. <laughs> it's the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, I man. don't know why I didn't. Yeah. It's the Brooklyn Nets. But let me go ahead and fl- do the flip side. Or actually, I'm going to give you the uh, Western Conference really quick. There are, what is it? It's five undefeated teams, but uh, four of them are 2-0. and So the fifth undefeated team is the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're only 1-0. and But then the Spurs, the Kings, the Timberwolves, and the Clippers are all 2-0. and let me give you some of these winless teams really quick. The Houston Rockets are 0-1. All right, the Denver night, Nuggets are 0-2. Great game last night. And we can actually let you get into that because I didn't see it. So you can actually talk about that one. Uh, 0-2 start for the Dallas Mavericks. 0-2 start for the Memphis Grizzlies. 0-2 start for the Golden State Warriors. 0-2 start for the Washington Wizards. And an 0-2 start for the defending champions two years ago, the Toronto Raptors. How weird is this season going to be? I think, especially early on, it's going to be very weird. Just because you got teams that play deep into the bubble. 
that are going to be recuperating, and then you got guys that haven't played since in nine months, <laughs> and they're trying to get it together. So I think it, it's going to be a little weird, especially early on. Um, Golden State losing twice didn't surprise me. Thank I mean, you for starting with that. Brooklyn and, and Milwaukee, the first two games. I mean, Jesus Christ. Let's talk about it right now. We're actually going to hop right into um, opening night. <sighs> 125 to 99. Um, just in case you guys didn't know, Kevin Durant is still Kevin Durant. Slim Reaper. Uh, you like that nickname better than Durantula? Not even close. Wait, which one? You like Durantula better? I like Sl Slim Reaper. I think that's the coolest nickname. I like Slim Reaper. I think that's one the of fact, the hardest nicknames ever. But the fact that KD Durantula is hard. Got the nickname Slim Reaper and said, nah, I want to be known as the servant instead. It's still one of the worst things to ever happen in basketball in the last 50 years. I'm calling him the Slim Reaper. He's the Slim Reaper, <laughs> Like, man. bro. And, and if you see him, too, like, it's crazy because, like, meeting Brand or seeing Brand Brandon Ingram, it's kind of crazy to look at two people and be like, if he continues to do what he's doing, that's Kevin Durant number two. I think... Uh, KD, like I said, not taking Slim Reaper is just <laughs> the servant. Durantula is a fire. Durantula is great, but the, the <laughs> servant, come on, man. Talk to your mans. I don't know. Oh, um, my God. I'm sick. <laughs> so, opening night, the, the Warriors did fall to the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn, uh, 125 to 99. Um, the only takeaway that I have from that is the Brooklyn Nets look like a complete team. They do. They do. I think the only thing that they could do to, make, to mess this up is to trade anybody. I think you got to yeah, give yeah. this group one year to just to see what happens. Yeah, and I, you know, as the season progresses. Uh, plus, I, I think in Houston's perspective right now, especially after last night, like, no offense to Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie. What are you about to say? I'm not trading James Harden for those two guys. I don't think... With all due respect to both of them, I don't think that it would just be those two. Like, it would have to be a lot of picks. I don't think it would be a lot of picks. I think you would throw another name in there, and that other name is Jared Allen. Honestly, if I'm if I'm Houston, I would hold out. I would just say to James Harden, look, man, unless we get a really good deal, like you just put up 44 and 17 last night and you got like strip club beer in your stomach still <laughs> and like strip club hot wings, you can be unhappy. You, when I'm not trading you for for. Karis LeVert and, like, the oh Nets, like, gosh. no. I I'm sorry. If I'm the Nets, I'm not doing it anyway. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not doing it this year. I'm just not – I'm not doing it this year. And if I'm – like, I, neither team, I think uh, eventually Philadelphia will realize that the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid experiment – Will not work. Will not work. But, man, like, if I'm Houston with that – I know you didn't see the game last mm -hmm. night. But, man, Christian Wood, we've been talking about him for a long – he's for real. Definitely. Needed a shot. They got John Wall. Hoogie. Who I'm looks extremely great, high John. On. Yeah, yeah, If I'm Houston, I would tell, like, James Harden, like, hey, man, you could be unhappy. You could, you're on a contract for more than two years. Or and I'm not going to lie, man. Certain things, like, if the, if, the, if the Rockets said that they – we're okay with being uncomfortable. They're willing to get uncomfortable with James Harden and things of that nature. 
I'm gonna be honest with I you, do. man. Like, get uncomfortable. Like, I'm gonna be real if with I'm you. the owner, I'm telling him straight up, like, you will sit. I will pay you to sit. I'm That's very good with player empowerment. I love it. But if you have two years left on your contract, you you sign the contract, man. Like, I, I'm with you, kind of. You sign a contract, yes, but I feel like you owe the team. You owe the team wiggle room. And no, that's where I am. I'm with the my, my opinion is that yeah, like James should be able to like, you know, request a trade every NBA player should, but like you got 2 years left on your deal. We're not just going to trade you right away like just the first offer that we get right. like unless we get something good like bro, you could be unhappy. Well, yeah, and I think that's what I'm saying like when th- James Harden has done a complete 180 in the sense of a year. Literally, cuz a year ago you got Russell Westbrook and it wasn't it wasn't that. So the fact that the Lakers beat or it wasn't this, the fact that the Lakers beat Houston in five games, four straight, after I don't want to say gifting them game one, but after Russell Westbrook took over game one, they lost four straight. So now that Russell Westbrook leaves, now Houston hasn't given you the right chance to win. James, Houston has given you every chance to win. And I don't know if you agree with me here, but I'll say this. When a franchise, um, I don't know if you read that piece in The Athletic or heard about it. When a franchise lets a player do whatever they want and try to get him his friend on the team because they think it'll make him happy, right. you don't do it. You know what will make the player happy? Is if you make the right right moves to win despite the f- whatever your best player wants. Mm-hmm. Like, you make the right moves to win. You don't just go out and get a guy because... Oh yeah, this is what James wants, and if you don't get this guy, trade me. Like, dude, you want to do it with people like LeBron? Yeah, like LeBron's the only guy. If LeBron take a giant to sign J.R. Smith, and you have no space on the floor for him, you're signing. Yeah, you're signing J.R. Smith, and whoever has to get cut, I mean, maybe LeBron can cut you a severance package. Hey, Brian, it is what it is. Get you a nice apartment in Reno. (laughs) Go live in that shithole. Uh, hey man, we're at UNLV, so I'm definitely not finna fight that one. But um, what I am gonna say is I'm moving on. I'm moving on from that. Uh, we'll get into the Rockets' uh, specific game last night because you have uh, takeaways from it. Man. But finishing up on opening night, the Clippers did come away with a 116-109 win over the Lakers. Do we care? Does it matter? No, I don't care. I didn't watch that game. I, I definitely I, watched the game. I was not injured. Like, it's always interesting to watch a team get slapped after they get their rings. Only reason why is because you can literally watch the players like still living off that high. And Kyle Kuzma was one of the players. I know it sounds like everybody just picks on him, but Kyle Kuzma was one of those, was one of those players uh opening night that I saw and I was just like I see some jitters. I see some just excitement whether it's just antsy whatever it was. Um definitely settled down on Christmas Day. I seen some excitement from Trez. It could have been him playing against his old team. It could have been whatever the case may be. Dennis yeah. Schroeder looked completely, completely in control, which is something that I've always said about Dennis Schroeder when he was in Atlanta. Uh, under Jeff Teague, that was somebody I was looking at. Like, if he starts for Atlanta, they might have a problem on their hands. Um, so seeing Dennis Schroeder was kind of was good to see. Um, Talent Horton Tucker kind of – up and down game. That's kind of what you would expect in the in the in the season opener. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, man, I don't I don't really have too many takeaways from the game outside of the fact that it was a championship layover. Yeah. Uh 
Oh, you're a Miami fan. Let me ask you this question. Um, which year was that? When the late when Miami won their first title, I shouldn't say. Well, I shouldn't say Miami won the first title because right, that's the only way. When Miami won their first title with the Heatles, so that was 2012. When they won that title, mm-hmm. that following year, you guys opened up against Boston, right? I want to say yes. Didn't Boston walk through you guys? Yeah, it, it's it happens. Like that's that's what the Lakers championship um, opening night loss after rings on ring ceremony um, or ring ceremony. Um, the night of the ring ceremony. That's what I went back to. I went back to that 2013 opening night and was like, Boston got in Miami. Yeah, and like, as we saw, like, it didn't. It, opening didn't night doesn't really matter. Like, let's be honest. I love basketball, but like, you know, I remember like five years ago, right? Yes, sir. The Magic started out fantastic. This yes. was the year where the Warriors started out like 24 and 2, the year they went 73 and 9. Right. The Magic were like 13 and 6 or something. They were like 4. I forget what they're exact. They started out the year fantastic. Mm-hmm. And nobody expected it. Everybody was like talking about the Magic. And I remember my dad told me, he's like, give it a couple weeks. <laughs> That's what my dad says about the Clippers. Every time something positive happens for the Clippers, he's like, oh, they're the Clippers. Do you remember Dante Jones? I do. Do you remember that season where like the first 10 games he was averaging like 25 points a game? I do. And then everybody was like, Dante, and then he came back down to earth. It happens. <laughs> Shout out to Dante Jones, but remember when he tripped Kobe? Yes. Oh, my God. One of my favorite Kobe moments. Just one of my favorite. Shout out to, it might be one of my favorite Dante moments, too, because both of those, <laughs> Dante, I feel like I always tell people, sometimes if you do something, whether it's out of anger or whatever the case may be, I have more respect for you if you stand on it. Even if it's just like I may not have been right, but it is what it is. I did it, so I'm I'm there, and that's exactly what Dante Jones embodies. Yeah. He was like, it wasn't right, but so what? Yeah, <laughs> so what? It is what it is. So what? Competition got <laughs> figure the best it out. Me. <laughs> figure it out. And then Kobe, of course, just being Beam, man. Long live Beam. Um, where are we at? Okay, so uh, let's talk about that that championship ring really quick. Did you get a chance to see it? No. In depth? Okay. I talk about something really quick, <laughs> so I can go find that. All right, let's see. Uh, I really like what I'm seeing from the Spurs. Talk to me. Talk to me. Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson, Deontay Murray, Derek White, I really like. And then, of course, DeMar and LaMarcus. But I I really like that team. So this is the Lakers championship ring. I just pulled it up for Celine. So this is the way it looks. However, this is the second ring at least that I recall, outside of the Golden State Warriors' last ring, that has the ability for its center face, like its its main face, to be lifted. So on the other side of the Lakers' championship ring, when you lift the face of the ring, you have all the Lakers' retired jerseys. That is, that's awesome. With a special indication on Kobe's, every jersey inside is gold except for Kobe's. His eight and twenty-four jerseys are blacked out. Man, I this ring is insane. That's an incredible ring. That's special. And I haven't even gotten to the sides of the ring. So the ring has going around the face. The ring has um, the Laker, lo- whether Laker logos, Larry O'Brien trophy, things of that nature. That is a beautiful ring. But every player's number is listed. 
whether it's 23 of LeBron James, 3 of Anthony Davis, 18 of Deion Waiters, Champ Cheese. I was just about to ask you if <laughs> Deion Waiters got one of these in the mail. <laughs> oh, well, I don't even know. Is he playing right now? Is he on the team right now? Kobe Wade, I don't know if he's playing right now. However, I think Kobe Wade got that in the mail. If he's not playing right now, he should have gotten his in the mail. Or he has to go get it, I think, from them. But Boogie got one. You think they shipped that overnight? No. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I think imagine? they I think they tell people to come get it. Like for instance, you know Matt Barnes just got his ring from his um championship with the Warriors. And just now? uh this year, earlier this year, because it was one of those things to where he came down, um, and I forgot what it was, but uh he wasn't playing. So he got his ring, he had his sons with him, his sons got replica rings, everything was dope, he loved it. Um but I think he had to work or something that night or whatever. The, I mean, maybe he might have been playing, but whatever it was, long story a little less long, he gets his ring. He said he told them to go ahead and put it in the back because he didn't want to take it right now. At first, he didn't want the ring because he felt like because of his ankle injury, he, he, he was brought in for KD's injury, then suffered an ankle injury and never really got to play more than one game with KD. So he didn't really know if he was a part of the team. Steph, the Warriors, encouraged him to take a ring. They kind of told him, you was a part of it. You deserve it. Um... Yeah, and like honestly, if I'm not, getting my ring, <laughs> I think if if Matt Barnes, I think Matt Barnes is gonna be fine. But like, if things ever go wrong later in life, he would want it. Not only that, like you could always pawn that off. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. You would want it yeah, because of that reason. Exactly. Just the ability to kind of do it. But not only that, I mean, I wasn't even thinking that far into it. But just me too until just now. If you, <laughs> if you just want, if he just wants to kind of sit back and give it to somebody like because i know kenny smith said it right on um nba tnt nba on tnt excuse me nba on tnt um his two championship rings he doesn't own either of them his first one he gave to his father and the second one he gave to his brother because without them he don't feel like he would have been in the nba that's very noble so he doesn't have either one that's of his extreme, rings because i wouldn't do that that's extremely noble that's tough bro Dude, that's i, tough, I love bro. my family i love my brother that's i love my tough, dad bro guess what I'm not giving away my champ. Maybe I'll give you've one. Seen, you've Maybe seen, I'll give one. And, and even then, mom and dad, y'all going to have to figure that out. <laughs> like Y'all going to have to figure I'm going to put one ring in the middle of this, and y'all figure it out. <laughs> I, I don't would, really care. I would call my brother <laughs> and my dad into the room. I say, look, this one is for you guys. You guys can, like, exchange off and on. Maybe you, guys, you get it Monday through Wednesday, and oh you get it Thursday gosh. through Sunday. We'll alternate. Champ Cheese has his ring. Um, let's go, baby. But let's go ahead and just re, uh, wrap up these rings really quick, just giving you guys a last little update on it. On the side, it does have 2020 uh, symbolizing what, what the bubble was. Uh, that first zero in the 2020 is the NBA logo. Above that, you have 4-1-4-1-4-1-4-2 in terms of what the Lakers did on en route to their um, 16 wins to go get the ring. They beat Portland 4-1. They beat um, Houston 4-1, and they beat the Denver Nuggets 4-1 before beating Miami in six. And then on the other side of the ring, you have your player name. You have your player number. You have LeBron James' famous quote of leave a legacy. And what I believe to be probably the best part of the ring, if you flip to that side, um, Salim, I don't know if you can actually see it, but there's a black mamba intertwined through every oh, it, through I'll every jersey number. That's awesome. So it symbolizes the the memory, the legacy, the the energy that was Kobe Bryant being behind this Lakers championship run. I think this I ring like is it. absolutely insane. I'm just kind of imagining like Dion Waiters sitting in his apartment. He has people coming over, and he goes, "Hey guys, check this out." 
I'm just imagining champ cheese. I am champ cheese. Let me give you guys a quick update before we go into the um before we go into our Christmas Day games. We are final in Kansas City. The Kansas City Chiefs did come away with a 17 to 14 win over the Atlanta Falcons. I'm pretty sure they survived a scare with that one. Um, the Bears did come away with a four, excuse me, with a 41 to 17 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's only 37 seconds left in this Baltimore game, but they hold a 27 to 13 lead over the New York Giants. And in this other game, we have two more games to give you guys updates on. In this other game, the Cincinnati Bengals, they did take a lead in the fourth quarter. They've scored 13 points in the fourth quarter. That field goal was just good by um, by Austin. Uh, is it Seibert? How about my Bengals? Today, I think it's man? Seibert. How about my Bengals? <laughs> but 37-31, to 31, the Cincinnati Bengals have a lead as they're kicking off to the Houston Texans with 18 seconds left. Zach um, Taylor, I would say he's coaching for his more. job, but that ship has sailed. I would give Zach Taylor another shot. I would. Maybe. I just think the Bengals probably won't. <laughs> Why? It's not like Joe Burrow played the end of the So if Joe – never mind. doesn't matter. Whatever. Um, let me give you guys an update last on these last two games. Um, Pittsburgh did score in their game, and now they have 14 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. But bigger than that, they've outscored Indianapolis 21-3 to in the second half, and they now hold – a 28-24 lead, and then in this last game, we're going to give you guys an update on. The Jets still hold a 20-16 lead with 2.56 to go, and there was they just actually um, just took a delay of game penalty, and they will be lining up for a field goal, and they actually just connected on that field goal from 34 yards out, 23-16, 2.52 to go, and the Cleveland Browns will be taking over. Um, that missed extra point. It's going to be painful. Or, yeah, two. Let's, let's go ahead and figure it out. Or if they went for two. Let's figure it out. But that's looming uh, pretty big right now. And just to give you guys a, a quick score update again, we're giving you guys massive score updates. You know how Sundays roll here at Talk That Talk. Um, we do have NBA on during the Sunday. So, 12.30, we had a start games. for, I think it's 13 games a night. We had a start in, at 12.30 for the NBA. And the Clippers are down 36-13 to 13 to the Dallas Mavericks. We shall see what Luka Doncic <laughs> does there. Um, where are we at? Can I also say absolutely the Chargers Broncos? It was a missed extra off. point. Oh, okay. Chargers Broncos game kicked off. Yes, sir. Terrell, I think I've talked to you before with this with Marvin Lewis. Yes, sir. I'm rooting for Anthony Lynn to keep his job because he's a black coach. Yes. Simply because he's a black coach. Yes. You know how I feel about black coaches. I love black coaches. Anthony Lynn will not be back next year. Oh no, he won't. But like I said, like black coaches are held to a different standard. A hundred percent. That's why I'm But see, this is what I'll do with you. This is what I'll, I'll, I'll meet you halfway, hopefully. I'm hopefully. just happy Marvin Lewis got to be mediocre for 15 years. Hugh Jackson got to be mediocre for how long? I think they went, like, in his two years there, they went, uh, like, 1-31. in 31. That was incredible, man. Sheesh. Um, they went 1-15 in and then 0-16 in or the other way around. Before Jack Del Rio, Hugh Jackson was the last, like, successful coach for the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, shout out to Hugh. <laughs> shout out to Hugh Jackson. But I will that, meet you in a mid- weapon. That Baker didn't like shake his hand. That was. It was, but like the it whole like, matter. like come yeah, on, man. You're, you're 24 years old. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> it doesn't matter, man. Um, what I will say is, if Anthony Lynn does uh, is relieved of his duties, um, we're going to continue to say Eric Bieniemy. We're going to continue to say Byron Leftwich. Oh, Eric Bieniemy uh, with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Playing against the Chiefs? Oof. Mm. Mm. 
And the Bengals did beat the Texans 37-31. My Bengals did come through mm. for me today. Hearing you say my Bengals is so weird. Um, Who they? <laughs> Shout but, out to Carson Palmer, Ocho Cinco, TJ Hushmanzada. You know, long live Chris Henry. Long live Chris Henry, who would have been a superstar. Oh, I was just telling somebody a story about Chris Henry not too long ago. Um, Chris Henry and Sean Taylor were two at a, at a young age for me that I was kind of just like, what just happened? Uh, rest in peace to both. Rest in peace to both of those uh, young gentlemen. Yes. Um, two. Well, actually, you just kind of talked about it. Two one o'clock games have kicked off. The L.A. Chargers are at home at SoFi Stadium, and they are uh, welcoming in the Denver Broncos from the AFC West. And then, lastly, we have the NFC East leading Washington Football Team at home against the Carolina Panthers. We shall see what comes of that. Um, going back to Thursday, or going back to um, the NBA. What's up? Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say this. A team in the AFC, let's say the Ravens go 11-5 and five and miss, mm-hmm. and then you watch Washington probably get in at 7-9 and nine or 8-8. Eight and eight. How mm-hmm. sick do you have to be? I know it's different conferences and things change, but like at a certain point, it's like... I'm, I'm not going to lie. If a team from the AFC North, AFC North misses the postseason, that is not the Cincinnati Bengals, clearly... Um, you have to chalk it up to the fact that I don't think we will have three teams win double digits in this division for a very long time again. Not only that, I mean, right now, the Jets, so I don't know what this – the Jets are 1-13. in uh, 13. 13, and the Bengals are 1-14 in 14 now. They're a combined 2-27. and 27. Wait, the Bengals? No, no, no. The Bengals I mean, have, not the, Bang- the Jaguars. The J- okay, I was about to be like, the Bengals? No, they won no, a no, couple no, no, games. No, 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 sorry. So they're a combined 2-27 and 27 as of this moment. And I think that matters a lot to how, like, you know, because, I mean, the AFC was really good this year. Definitely. And actually, that's what we're going to do. We're going to get back to the NFL. I'm trying to find my way how, to, how I'm going to snake through this, but we're going to do it, I think. We're going to talk Christmas Day in the NBA first, and then we're going to talk about the Christmas Day football game. And that will lead us into Saturday. So let's do that. Um, there was four Christmas – or excuse me, five Christmas – was it five? Five Christmas Day games in the NBA. Um, the first one – it's typically the one that most people are kind of like, oh, are we are we doing this? Is this yeah, like it's is very this, early? We don't really know what's going on. It's a nine o'clock start. Are we? Is this real? Um, in this particular year, we've we what well, we've seen the Knicks and the Bulls in this in this spot before. We've seen uh, who else have we seen in this spot? We've seen um, the young Nets in the spot before. Um, we've seen Philly, but this particular year, speaking of youth, we had the Miami Heat and the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans did fall one one eleven to ninety eight. Um, nothing really too much to talk about this game. Um, J- Jimmy didn't come out after halftime. He left with uh, hip, I believe. Right. I think it was an ankle injury. Who left with a hip pointer? My bad. Emmanuel quickly left the yeah. New game with a hip um, pointer. Sorry. So, I don't know. Good win. Good win. I'm not gonna lie to you. Precious Achua looked great. Mm-hmm. Zion on the other side looked great. Brandon Ingram looked great. <sighs> Brandon Ingram. Lonzo looks great. He does. He didn't uh, in the first game he didn't play too great. Lonzo but, looks great. <laughs> but this game he looked fantastic. You know what, man? I tell people all the time, Lonzo is one of those people to where I ask people whenever they say Lonzo's bad or things of that nature, I ask them, have they watched Jason Kidd's career closely? And what I mean by that is not that Jason Kidd was like a, a terrible player or his game was ugly or nasty or any of these things, but when you watch Jason Kidd play, I've watched Jason Kidd play horrible games where he has 14 points, 10 assists, 10 rebounds. 
And then I've watched him play amazing games where he has five points. He shot two of seven, but he has 14 assists, five steals, nine rebounds. It may not be a triple-double, but it's like that's a better game. Lonzo still has a lot of potential. He's only 23. Right. He's still very young. Uh, I'm, I definitely haven't given up on Lonzo. I tell you guys all the time, I follow trajectories. I follow swings, upswings, things like that. But Lonzo Ball has gotten better every year in the league. Yeah, and uh, I think this year should be his best season yet. He, I think Lonzo's going to be a, a very solid player for a long time. Do I think he ever becomes a star? In my opinion, What's no. What's your definition of a star? Perennial all-star, which hmm. I don't think happens, but that's just my opinion. But I think he's going to be a very solid player for a long time. He's a very good defender. Very good much passer, so. smart player. He's gonna. He's already looking like a better shooter. A lot better of a three-point shooter. You know, so I think he's gonna be a very solid player for a long time. Uh, you say he's he can't be a perennial All Star, or he's, he won't be a perennial All Star. I'm trying to think. Only reason why I'm saying that what are the chances is because Lonzo Lonzo's best attribute is his passing. Yeah, and then it's probably his second best attribute is his defense. Yes. And I would say it's on-ball defense because Lonzo could pick up most people 94 full feet. Yeah, no, Lonzo's a very good defender. Are we sure that he won't, that he can't? Again, anything's possible. He's only 23. Because if he averages, let's say he averages 12 points a game mm -hmm. for his career. But if you're giving him 11 assists, if six rebounds there, and three steals if he can or get, something. If he can get to 11 assists, I think. You don't think Lonzo could do it every game? If James, uh, no offense to James Harden, but James Harden, what is his best attribute, scoring or passing? Scoring. I don't think it's close. It's scoring. His passing is nuts. Passer. His passing is nuts. But that's to that goes to show, and that speaks to how dominant his offensive game is. It's his it's his scoring because he can do it from everywhere, and you nine times out of ten, nobody can really stay in front of him. Yeah. Um. It's, uh, like I said, I think Lonzo is going to have a very long career. Right. Um. I think career-wise, he's going to put up 12 to 14 points a game, which mm -hmm. is solid. Eight, nine assists, a couple steals, very solid defense, good three-point shooter. And that's where I'm going. I'm, I'm going to say, like, if you say eight or nine assists, I'm going to say he can get two or three extra assists a game off of sheer rebounds and Kevin Love-style outlet passes to, uh, to Zion. And we'll see what, what happens this year, how, uh, how on-ball he is. Because I've noticed a lot of the time now, like, especially as Zion gets more, grows more comfortable in B.I., he's not as on ball as he was. The ball should be in Brandon Ingram's hands. And that's the only reason why or, I would or say— Or should be in his hands if it's not in Lonzo's. And that's the only reason I'd say I don't think on this Pelicans team he'll probably get to nine or ten assists. I think he'll be more in the six to seven range, which he was last year. But, um, no, I really like Lonzo. I really like Lonzo. I think— uh, a lot of people can't see the game outside of scoring. Shout out to LaMelo Ball. Uh, just because we're not going to mention the ball, brother, and not mention the other one. Yeah, LaMelo yeah. is over in Charlotte now. Uh, Played a good game last night. Yes, went scoreless in his debut, but did go ahead and finally get his NBA points last night. Um, game two from Christmas Day, the Bucks 138 and then the Warriors 90, uh, excuse me, 99. Back-to-back um, -back games where the Warriors didn't score 100 points. Um... It's James hard. Weissman looks good. He does. That's the lone bright spot. <laughs> That's all I got for you. That's the. Uh, 
How long before Kelly Oubre rounds in the form? Uh, I think he will. I think he's a very talented player. I asked you how long. I think maybe like another eight or nine games. If it doesn't happen this year, what does that do to the Warriors? It's bad. It's very bad. I think he will, though. But, I mean, rounding into form, I mean, are we talking about a year like last year with Phoenix? I'm talking about being com- – he still doesn't look comfortable. You can see it. And that – yeah, and that goes to, sh- like, you know, the shortened uh, – Oh, 100%. Off-season. I'm not saying why. I'm yeah, not saying yeah, yeah. that Kelly – I still think when when they went out and traded for Kelly Oubre, the first thing that I said was Andrew Wiggins yeah, I'm is I'm not going to lie. Like, the NBA is mean as fuck for giving them Brooklyn and Milwaukee their first two games. <laughs> kind of <laughs> a little bit a little bit and now well today they play the bulls and the bulls are coming off a drubbing from the pacers last hey man. night hey man if golden state doesn't win tonight or whatever that's bad not only are they bulls they're the bulls coming off a back-to-back then we'll start to have to ask some questions mm. a part of me wants to say that the bulls are gonna win i think so honestly part of me wants zach, to say the bulls are gonna like win. zach levine and like uh he goes off and maybe and shout out to Zach Levine too. Um, before we finish up these Christmas Day games, I see Zach Levine the year that he tore his ACL at summer league, and um, he was walking through and I think he was kind of like trying to get through. So I took a quick picture, uh, picture, and I think I posted it to something with some social media, and I was saying that um, a lot of people are forgetting that Zach Levine is really good at basketball. Like people think he's just a dunker, and I was looking at it in Minnesota like. This guy can play. Like, put He's the a, ball in his hands and he can play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love the fact that of his training sessions. His dad absolutely works him out, like, in, a, in the craziest sense. Oh, yeah. So, I'm shout sure. out to Zach Levine. Um, I'm pretty sure that his dad is somebody that he will credit. I would love to do a Zach Levine interview. Um, he, I think his dad is somebody that he will credit for his uh, rapid recovery with that ACL injury because I, I did – I was worried when he went down with that injury. So much athleticism, so much bounce. Um, was definitely worried when that injury took place. Um, one twenty three to ninety five, the Brooklyn Nets did beat the um, Boston Celtics. <clears throat> I know we already said it before. I was, Brooklyn looks scary. This Eastern Conference, who does it boil down to for you? Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Boston. I'm gonna throw one more Hold name on. in there. Hold on, though. This could be homerism. Miami. But I'd still put Miami in there. Miami's going to be a very tough out. I think Miami will be a tough out, but I don't think. I don't think. That that wasn't the last time I was not going to throw in there. The Sixers? I'm throwing Toronto in there. Oh, Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really crazy to me that people just, like, think that Nick Nurse doesn't kind of still have his same team. So, uh, for me. He might have got better. Forget the 0 2 start. He might have got better with Alex Lynn. Replacing Alex Lynn or uh, Dewan Hernandez, who's somebody who didn't play. If you watch him during Summer League, he's a dog. I don't know why he didn't play. But if you replace him with Alex Lynn, somebody who's a bigger body, somebody who has NBA experience. No, I. Is that uh, like I said, I think right now it's early, but Brooklyn looks like the favorite. Right they look now. like they're going to run away with it. This is where I'm going to go with. Other than that, like. I would say, like, two through six. Mm-hmm. Now, Milwaukee's a very good regular season team. I'm sure they will get either the one or two seed. Right. That being said, 
again, this could just be a heat homerism, but I watched this playoffs like in the bubble just as much as you guys did. I don't know. Sure enough. I mean, granted, the bubble, I think the bubble presented so many issues. Like, I think the Clippers and, and I'm not even going to say the Bucks, the Clippers and Giannis suffered from the, the, um, Although Giannis does still have the, the same problems. You could see in that Warriors game, they won by a lot. He didn't play very well. The Warriors definitely used some of Miami's defensive tactics against Giannis. I mean, once they created that blueprint of my, not even just then, but when Boston did it two years ago. Or was that Toronto? Or Toronto, Toronto, Toronto yeah. did it two years ago, excuse I, me. I think Giannis is incredible, but... He's at a certain point when you're driving to the hoop and guys are playing a 50 50 on whether you're going to do a spin move or a Euro step. Like, I'm sorry, man. Like you, you have to add more <laughs> like something. You got to add something else, whatever that something else is. Um, I will say I, I, it was a good thing to see um, Giannis walking into a, a, a three pointer. Um, yeah, I forgot and, which I think I want to say that was Christmas Day. And he'll take him. He definitely will. The, I mean, the, oh, the, I took that back. That was against Boston. The the difficult part is making them. Yes. And that's, that's really the case. But that's, again, that goes back to this, his hard work and his effort because he does seem like he's been putting the work into at least um, warrant taking mm-hmm. those shots yeah, if nothing else. Um, but this is this is the last thing I'm going to do about this, about or last thing I'm going to say about this game. Um, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. If the Boston Celtics do not make the finals this year, I know that there's going to be a lot of talk in that locker room. And it's going to be a lot of what are we doing, what are we doing. Brad Stevens may get some fingers pointed at him. Jason Tatum may, may you know what I mean, want some, some, some something to happen right away. Um, whether that's new pieces, whether that's splitting Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown, whatever it is. I mean, I think – I know Boston fans won't like it, and I know certain people won't like it. I call Houston up right now and say, hey, you want Jalen Brown? I've, I've said that a couple of years ago. Like, I, I mean, like not Jaylen a couple of years ago, a couple really, weeks ago. I really like Jalen Brown. If Houston wants to trade somebody who's, like, going to be a two-guard who fits right in with what they're doing, the first thing I said was Jason was Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown would be a perfect fit next to John Wall and Christian Wood. 100%. Not even that. DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins and then D.J. Tuck. Like, that team would be crazy. That team would the be Celtics, I wonder how long it'll take the Celtics and the Sixers this year. To realize that, like, something's not gonna work. It's not gonna work. See, and that's where I'm wrong. I'm, I disagree with you. I thought that after the first year, like maybe it wouldn't work. Jason Brown, excuse me, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum can work, and that's where I was gonna. Oh, that no, was they my, can work together. That was my point that I was actually bringing up. I think that. Oh no, it's not regardless about that. of no, 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 no. Regardless of if people feel like Boston should change stuff up after this. Boston is one of those teams that I would leave together for six or seven years because something's coming of this. I don't think that you leave that core together and walk away with nothing. I don't. I'm a firm believer in it. Eventually, yeah. I, in my opinion, uh, for Boston, if I think you make that deal for James I think Harden. Boston's main mess up, and this is just – I could be wrong. I think their main mess up was not going all in last year on uh, Steven Adams. Steven Adams would have been a big help for them. Because, uh, I mean, Bam is Bam, and Bam's going to do his thing, but Bam absolutely destroyed Daniel 
Tice or whatever you Bam destroyed a lot of people that he went up against. Yeah. So I, it's not, but Daniel Tice, like. You know what's interesting? I think Tristan Thompson's going to help the Celtics a lot this a year. A grip, a grip. Here's the deal. I watched USA Basketball. I'm at training camp, and I'm talking to Brooke. Brooke Lopez is one of the best interviews to do, by the way. Um, seems very, him and Robin seem very interesting. They're interesting people that aren't even basketball players. Like, Brooke is an interesting soul. Like, Brooke would talk to you about music. Comic Brooke would talk books. to you about just a, just a yeah. human, bro. Like, he's a human. He's one of the best humans to just talk to. Oh, absolutely. Um, but, <laughs> for instance, I asked Brooke. I was like, everybody's talking about how young this team is. They're saying that you guys are so inexperienced. Da, 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 da. Brooke looked around and was like, I, I, I know, right? He was like, I thought we had some veterans. He was like, I mean, I've, I've been around a little bit. He was like, I've seen some faces around here a little bit. So, he was kind of joking along with it. But what I wanted to point out was that USA Basketball, Brooke and Bam were right next to each other. And what was so interesting about that, was I told Bam, like, clearly you're your own man. That goes without saying. But you've been in the league for less time than Brooke. There's a part of me that has been watching you kind of just following him, not necessarily watching everything he does, but wanting to hear, wanting to just be a fly on the wall for whatever the the, the veteran was speaking. And he was like, yeah, at the end of the day, he said, um, he said uh, it happens both ways. He said, like, I'll be working out and Brooke is there. Like, and he'll ask me a question or we'll go whatever, whatever. And, um... When we had that interview, when we had when we made that talk, I mean when we, when we um made that um conversation happen and we had that talk, I watched and I watched them then. I think right after that interview, Brooke got up and started shooting from the right wing. Started shooting threes. I watched Bam relace his shoes and Bam went out there and got right behind her. And uh, it's only been two That's games. It. <laughs> it's only been two games this year, but Bam has looked fantastic. And Brooke has looked fantastic. Yes. Like, and that's that's what I'm going to. Like, you you got these players who go at it on the court constantly, and then you see them in the offseason, and they iron sharpens iron. Yeah. And I've been high on Brooke for a really long time. I will say I wasn't as high on Robin coming out of college, but I was super high on Brooke. Um, insane to see what they have been able to turn uh, their careers into. Um, just two more games. Both of them are L.A. teams. The Lakers did get their first win of the uh, year on Christmas Day, 138 to 115. Um, Bron had 22 points, 10 and 7, I believe. Uh, I'm not even going to go through everything. I know AD led the way, I think, with 28 points. But what I will say is Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis combined for 90 points. Those were huge pickups. Do you? I know people like don't want to talk about it. Do you guys realize that the Lakers have Markeith Morris? Fam, this Lakers squad is deep. Hell yeah, deep, bro. It's a very deep team. I've wanted both Morris twins on the on the Pacers for quite a long time, <laughs> like for a really long time. I'm not I don't a, think it's ever gonna happen. I'm not a fan. I mean, they're they're solid basketball players. I'm not a fan of their dirtiness. They're I'm not gonna lie, bro. I've seen players and that that Luca with Marcus Morris, that ankle with Luca, that was dirty. I have seen them also just be irritants. I don't have too many dirty moments that I could point to. I'm not saying you're wrong. I have moments where it's just like you shouldn't have did that. You know that you can't do that, but it's not like a dirty play. Like when they when when Marquise hit uh or was it Marcus that hit um Justin Anderson in the forehead with the basketball. I don't think it was dirty. It just why'd you do it? I don't know. I, I don't. <laughs> They're good bad. I don't like them, but it's just my own personal thing. Uh, of course. But yeah, that was uh, none of the Christmas Day games were really that great. 
I didn't want to be the one to say it, but let me get to this last what one. The Clippers came game. away with a 121-108 win over the Denver Nuggets, and the Clippers improved to 2-2. Two two. Paul George looks crazy in these first two games. Sorry to sound like I'm just, like, in and out of the Clippers news, but you just mentioned it. This this full slate of Christmas Day games, it wasn't too Talk much for me. Remember, remember the year that the Lakers played the Bulls? Yeah. That game was good, but that Christmas Day was like, hmm. For me, outside, I think the Cavs and the, and the Warriors played. Outside of that game, the rest of the games was like mm, the last, like I said, the last minute for the um, Lakers and Bulls game was insane. If you watched uh, what Pau Gasol and Derrick Rose was doing, um, of course, shot the bean. I mean, my my opinion has always been the same. I don't think I've ever said it on this show, but as much as I love watching basketball, let those dudes be with their families, man. Like. Especially, yeah, man, none of these Christmas that. Day games, especially since the, the game four years ago where Richard Jefferson took Kevin Durant's soul. And, who and else? Clay Thompson. And Clay Thompson. I forgot who. That was the last great Christmas Day game. I'm talking great. Like, since then, you've had good that games. Game has been cra- that game was crazy. That game so, was crazy. For me, it's, it's just like, let those guys be with their families. What about next year, Brooklyn and uh, the Warriors with a full, hopefully with a healthy Clay Thompson, Draymond Green? KD a year uh, off of his injury. Oh, it's not even about the quality of the games. It's just like let those guys be with their families. Does it help that they don't that they don't have NBA games on Thanksgiving Day and they don't have NBA games on Christmas Eve? Does that help matters at all for you? Because they give their t- players chances to be with their family on other days. Does that matter to you? I guess. Uh, you know. I don't know. Yeah, how about say that's the one takeaway. That's the only question that I have for you. But let me go ahead and give you guys updates on these scores really, or uh, update on these scores really quick from our one o'clock games. The Jets, J E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, they made it two games in a row after beating the Cleveland Browns. After and now they have improved to two and thirteen while dropping the Browns to ten and five with a twenty three to sixteen win. Um. I was wrong about this game heading in, but I did think the Indianapolis Colts were going to come away with a win in Pittsburgh. But Mike Tomlin's team did pull off the comeback effort. Big Ben Roethlisberger, 34 for 49, 342 yards and three touchdowns in route to improving his record, his team's record to 12-3, and 7-1 and one at home. Um, the Cincinnati Bengals, Salim already talked about it, 37-31 over the Houston Texans. Um... Yeah, I think we already gave you guys the other games as well. So, as far as our 1 o'clock games, the Chargers do have a 3 nothing lead over the Denver Broncos. Not only do they have the lead, they have the ball with under four minutes to go in the first quarter. It's still scoreless in Washington. Carolina does have the ball with 4.49 to go after just getting a punt from Tressway. And then we have two more 1 o'clock games. We have the Eagles on the road with against an NFC East rival in the Dallas Cowboys. 11.50 to go in that First quarter, Jalen Hurts is starting under center for the Eagles. And then lastly for our 1 o'clock games, it's a big game right there, this game think. is huge. This game is huge. 12-14 to go in the first quarter, and the L.A. Rams do have the ball on the road against the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle's looking to improve their 6-1 and home record, and uh, the Rams are looking to not be 500 on the road. They currently have a 4-3 and record away from the newly built SoFi Stadium. Um, we're talking football now, so why not talk Christmas Day? Uh, I've always felt weird about this, and I, I don't know how everybody else feels. I don't – maybe I'm just like a, a, a prude when it comes to it. But I don't care for NBA games where it's like 130 to 115. I don't care for it. Um I don't know how I care about how I feel about NFL games where both teams score over thirty. 
my my opinion is uh, the NFL. I don't know, man. Obviously, the Bucks Lions game was a blowout. The no, Ni- that's just the Lions being the Lions. <laughs> the Niners, Cardinals. I didn't really care. I mean, the the Niners are out already, or I don't know. If, yeah, I think the Niners are out. I didn't. I didn't care. And then. <laughs> uh, and this is this is what I'll say then. On Christmas Day, the Saints did come away with a 52 to 33 win over the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings dropped to 6 and 9 on the year while the uh, Saints improved to 11 and 4. The Saints scored 14 points in the first quarter, 10 in the second quarter, 7 in the third quarter, but 21 in the fourth. Alvin Kamara tied an NFL record with six rushing touchdowns. He also had a hundred a career high 22 carries and 155 yards. Um Drew Brees didn't look good in this game. Hasn't looked good since he came back. Didn't look that great before. So how long before Drew Brees hangs up his cleats? Let me tell you something. Punctured, uh, punctured. What is it? Broken. Eleven Bro- broken ribs oh, and a gosh. and a collapsed lung. Dude, you're a Hall of Famer. You're one of the best ever. You have nothing left to prove, man. The first player to throw for for 80,000 passing yards. 80,000 yards. That's insane. 80,000. This is not a... a, a, It's like, man, you're 40, 40, 41 years old. You have nothing left to prove. You already got your ring before. Like... You have 11 broken. You you got a family, bro. What I'm going to say is that in the next five years, we're going to have an NFL paradigm switch. In the next five years, we're going to see Drew Brees. At the very least, we're going to see Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, maybe Aaron Rodgers, maybe Cam Newton, Maybe Matt Ryan of just great quarterbacks that are going to retire in the next five to seven, five to six years, I'll say. I do think the NFL is in great hands, though, with the young crop. For sure. When Um, you have people like Tua and you got, you got, uh, geez Louise, you got Josh Allen, you got Patrick Mahomes, you have Lamar Jackson, you have Russell Wilson, you have Dak Prescott, you got, you said it's Sean Watson. Sean Watson. I think, and then Trevor now is coming out, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. Speaking of Trevor, uh, with their loss today and the win for the Jets, the Jacksonville Jaguars have clinched the number one overall pick in this year's draft. So we shall see if Trevor will go from a Tiger to a Jaguar. We shall see if that happens in one jump. Let's talk about our Saturday games, December 26th. We're not talking about this game too much at all. 47-7, Tampa Bay did clinch a playoff berth with the win over Detroit in Detroit. Tom Brady goes 22 for 27. 348 yards with four touchdowns. At 43 years old. At 43 years old. Mike Evans was his primary target. Ten receptions, 181 yards, and two touchdowns. If you played him in fantasy, sorry for you. Um, Two other games. The 49ers came away with a 20-12 win over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Kyler Murray went 31 for 50, 247 yards with an interception. Uh, Took a big hit on that last drive. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know about him. About Cliff? Yeah. Why? I don't know, man. I'm just not a Hit or miss with you? Yeah, I'm just not a big fan. I will tell you, 
some games it looks like he is a world beater and, and then he would beat everybody. And then some games it's like against the Niners. What happens? And in a, in a Niners defense that's literally been riddled with injuries it's all depleted. year long. Um, but what do we always say? What do we always say? Let's not do that. Let's any not do given that. Sunday. Let's not do that. But more than any given Sunday, if you are a team heading toward the playoffs, the most dangerous game to play is a team that has nothing to play for in your division. They already don't like you, and they're not going. No, I mean, uh, I, I, I love Kyler. Cliff, I mean, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. Although I don't think he's that special. Uh, I mean, it's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, what I will say, oh, I, I didn't mention it either, but the uh, Saints with their win, they did clinch the NFC South. Um, what I will say is these are games that Kyler Murray has lost early in his career, minus the with the exception of the uh, Hail Murray. Um yeah, without that Hail Mary, they're eight and eight. That's crazy. Or seven and eight. Yeah. Seven and eight, sorry. But with that, you look at his last two seasons and he's lost a lot of close games. And it just kinda in my opinion, I don't I'm gonna go ahead and go so switch it a little bit, but going to NBA, Shaq always says, if a team gets blown out, it's the players. If the team loses a close game, especially a lot of them, it's coaching. And that's where I'm going to go with it. There's been a lot of close games, and I would love to say that it's been coaching. But you look at these games, and Cliff Kingsbury coaching has had them in games where they probably shouldn't have been. You said Kyler Murray threw how many times? Uh, 50. And he threw for 247 yards? That's where we're going to go. That's my thing. If you throw 50 times, I need at least 300, man. I need three-something. I, I agree. <laughs> but if – if you're going to throw that thing 50 times, which I don't agree with, um, unless circum- certain circumstances, I don't know, man. Well, I do know one thing that you know. You know that your Dolphins are 10-5 and five after beating the Raiders 26-25. to what, a, what an insane did – you, did you watch all of it last I night? I did. I had to cover this game, so I most definitely did. Did um, you go? No. Oh. Um Jeez Louise, man. Where do you want to start? Sure, again. You do it. Okay, so Rod Marinelli took over that defense about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Now, Chan Gailey had a very interesting interview. Chan Gailey is the uh, Dolphins' offensive coordinator. Yeah, no. He was out of the NFL for about four to five years. When he retired, I believe four or five years ago, before he came back this year, he said something, which is very interesting. He said he had an entire, like, stack of notebooks based on, like, every defensive coordinator in the league and what, like, their scheme, what they like to run, their tendencies. He threw That's all that beautiful. out after after he retired. So now he relies on his assistants, like, the assistants, the offensive coordinator, to provide that information. Wow. Last night, and there's a lot of talk about Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick, you have to understand something. Ryan Fitzpatrick has been in this league since Tua was eight years old. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a 16-year vet. I'm so sorry. What happened? We just talked so much about the Clippers. The Clippers are down 50 points at halftime. Give me, give me one second. Give me one second because I, I just I want that to breathe. 
I thought it was a problem when the Clippers had four points halfway through the first quarter, but 27 at the end of a half. And the Clippers didn't play last night, correct? The Mavericks don't play defense. No. Are they just missing shots? I got. We got to end the show. We got to go figure out what the hell is going on. Let's talk about the Dolphins and. Then oh we'll no, we got we got we got a little bit of time. We got at least thirty minutes, fifteen twenty minutes or so. So. Oh yeah, thirty. If we're going by that. So Chan Gailey, like I said, he threw out all the information, and he requires the Dolphins' assistance, basically, to like find that information on these mm-hmm. guys. Rod Marinelli came in two weeks ago, and from what I've read, basically screwed up the Dolphins' entire game plan, because they plan ahead. It's very, you know, last night, it it shouldn't have shocked me, it did, but the more I thought about it, it, it basically right now, what they're doing is, they did the same thing in the Denver game. We're going to put Tua in there. We're going to let him run the base offense against what the defense is giving us. And Chan Gailey actually apologized like, to the media. He said, like, that Denver game was my fault. I didn't put Tua in the best position to succeed, mm-hmm. and that's why we needed a spark with Ryan. I actually, the more and more I think about it, I hated it last night. It was a very smart move to do it, even though I don't – I hope they don't do it again. Put visit? Yeah. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. That was the Denver game. I mean, he threw a pick six to end it. Um, Mm -hmm. If we won that game, you know, whatever. doesn't matter. (laughs) It's about keeping the defense off balance. They prepared all week for Tua. Mm -hmm. The Dolphins did not know how to prepare for Rod Marinelli. They didn't know what he was going to do. Yeah. Last time he was a defensive coordinator, I want to say, was Dallas. So they didn't really know. They didn't, again, they didn't know what they were up against. They ran the entirely uh, difficult. Their plan early on, the reason why it was so conservative, I mean, you watch the game, you know. Mm -hmm. They were expect, they wanted the Dolphins to hold on to the ball, run long drives. They didn't expect the Raiders to do that to Miami's defense. Miami has had a takeaway in like 17 straight games. They have 26 takeaways this season, the most in the NFL. They didn't get one last night. Darren Waller balled. He did. Nelson Aguilar balled. Josh Jacobs balled for the first half before they they stopped giving him him the ball. Nelson Aguilar, uh, I liked especially with the offensive pass interference, but it didn't matter in the end. (laughs) Here you go. Here you go. I'm I'm so sick the fact that that phantom – and then that phantom defensive P.I. call, those two plays. Which went on Byron Jones at the end? Yeah. That wasn't a phantom call. He had his whole left shoulder. I don't know. The NFL referees came out this morning and said it was a bad call. I agree. I, I don't In the moment, like, it looked he like a P.I. Tapped, he tapped his right shoulder, but he didn't, like, he wasn't tackling him. Go back no, I'm talking watch. about when he was running his left arm, his left hand, Byron Jones' left hand is on his left shoulder. I'm not talking about his right shoulder. But he's not gra- – he just has it there. like, And he did it for like two seconds. He's playing the ball. That's a terrible call. Especially Granted. the fact – especially – let's hold on. Nelson Aguilar on the last play on his touchdown. I'll give you that. Pushed off like a motherfucker. And you don't call that. And now I'll you're, give you that. That's my thing. Be consistent. But see, you de- you definitely have situations where it's not going to always be perfect um, either way. But, I mean, I did see some calls both ways that shouldn't have been uh, made and or should have been made. 
Um, but what I will say is when we talked about me playing tight end before, like, granted, it's not. There's two things that are true here. Darren Wall's exceptions that game, he just didn't play the ball. Well, what I'm going to say about about Nelson Aguilar real quick about that uh, defensive pass interference, we're taught in football, if you fill a hand past five yards, throw your hands up. You're going up for the catch. So if your hand is on me and I can't lift my arms up, it's your fault. It shouldn't be. We can, your hand shouldn't be on me. We can, I don't think that was it. But, like I said, Darren Waller's a freak. I mean, some of those catches. Freak of nature. Eric Rowe, I mean that one down the right sideline with the one hand when it just he dropped it in the bucket. And it was just like Eric Rowe, oh, man, so he he had like again, he was in position on most of those and he just didn't put his hands up. Especially that one to the right sideline I think you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. he had multiple Eric Rowe literally, the ball's right here. And I guess he didn't want to give up that long touchdown by diving for it. Mm-hmm. And I guess he didn't think he had the room. He definitely had it. But he had it. You just put your hands up, and that's an interception. Not even that. You put your hands up, and it's an incompletion. Yeah, incompletion, you know, at least. At the very least. At the very least. Uh, or he catches it, and he's out of bounds. Like, just in anything. But it just the way – you're right. That I mean, but I'm not going to – I'm the one thing that you guys will see me do, and we've talked about it already, I very rarely rip into cornerbacks mm-hmm. and safeties and just secondary players. That position is so hard. Hard, bro. So we already talked about that, but um, the Dolphins did score 20 points in the second half uh, to outscore the Raiders 20 to 12 in the last 30 minutes of the game after only scoring six points in the first half. Salim kind of just talked about it. Rookie Tua Tagovailoa was actually removed from the game uh, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, that roughing and passer penalty on that huge play was doesn't make sense. Just the the Raiders. This is what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna end it here. The Raiders. Much like UNLV last night when I was watching the game, I said, clearly the Raiders want to win this game. But it sounds comical to say, and it sounds like almost like a, like a, like a joke. But much like UNLV football, the Raiders invent new ways to lose. I have never watched a game and literally been like, <laughs> the moment that the Raiders scored the, the touchdown and then the field goal, I was like, their defense is going to get us up. The Dolphins are very lucky, and this is why they, I'm sure Flores did it, that Tua is an extremely confident guy. Because mm-hmm. you do that to some other guys. They're not the same. And let me tell you, something. look, I get that Tua wasn't playing great. The game is 16-13. You're down three points, and you're getting the ball back with 9.50 left in the game. Never know, man. And and this is what it this is what hey, I'll go won. to. Dolphins won. So. But not only that, Brian Flores and his coaching staff, you just talked about it right now. At some point it takes you knowing your personnel. And if you know that Tua is mature enough to the point to where I'm listening to Tua interview, shout out to Steve Weish, who is literally like the Tua insider. He anytime you talk to Tua, Tua is open about the fact that dog, I'm learning. Like I love the fact that they're giving me the starting job, but if they're if they if there's a situation, no OTA, a two minute drill, yeah, if there's a two minute drill, if there's a situation where Fitz has 15 years of experience doing it, it makes sense that you guys will pull me. Especially he has six years with Changeli experience. That's a that's a and Tua didn't even get OTAs with the guy. And that's something that um, they mentioned last night 
about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick saying that the one thing he's working on teaching, and I know you heard it, teaching uh, Tua was how to throw guys open. Yeah. And how he said that, and Kurt Warner was the main guy to say when he went in, I think he said he was um, backing up Josh McCown at the time. And he was and, like, um, this guy's not open. He's like, no, 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 no. No, he no. is open. He is open. <laughs> this is the NFL. He's open. If you throw it to where he's supposed to be, he'll get there. Tua's done a good job with that now in the coming weeks with Devontae Parker, who yes. unfortunately missed last night. That Jeremy week. Grant. Uh, not Jeremy Grant. Uh, Jakeem Grant. Jakeem Grant. And Gasicki. He had a couple nice t- uh, against the Bengals in Kansas City. That bomb against Kansas City was freakish. I know it sounds like an excuse, but when your best wide receiver is Lynn Bowden and your second best guy is Malcolm Perry. Relax. I'm sorry, man. Like, at a certain point, like, whatever. We're going to go get Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase, and I'm pumped. (laughs) Thank you, Houston. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Um, So... yeah, <laughs> I think we're actually going to end this show early. There's no reason why I want to force it. Um, we did have a lot of basketball talk today. We did have a lot of NFL talk today. Um, I do want to let you guys know episode 32 of the podcast was recorded last night. Um, episode title was Upstairs. Um, shout out to Kanish. Shout out to Caprice. Um, we are shooting again Saturday, Saturday, January 2nd. Saturday, January 2nd, we will be at Westgate. We will be doing our um, – end of 2020 wrap up for the podcast uh so we'll be talking oh, this it's the year pot or the... it's the pot oh, we okay. yeah we I, i'll let you know more about that after i talk to them on wednesday um about when the radio show will officially be kicked up because of course everything will be uh, updated on social media whether it's uh where you guys can catch the live stream whether we're um or just whether it's uh giveaways because i know that's something that westgate wants to do Westgate wants to do a bunch of giveaways. They want to give away swag. They want to do want to do some uh, staycation raffles. We want we want to have a little fun with this. So I'm excited, and uh, there's so much more to come. We do have a Monday night game tomorrow. We have the Buffalo Bills on the road against the uh, New England Patriots, and then of course tonight we have my Green Bay Packers at home hosting the ten and four t- uh, Tennessee Titans, looking to improve to twelve and three on the year. Um, again. Uh, the Raiders, or not the Raiders, excuse me, the Clippers have set the record for the largest halftime deficit that third quarter has just began, and they are now down 77 to 32. Um, it sounds so weird to say that out loud, but it is the truth. Uh, Salim, you got anything hey, else for him? Hey, they cut it down to 45. <laughs> it's not bad. All right, never mind. Salim, you can't talk anymore. Um, Good for them. But again, guys, we appreciate you guys for rocking with us. We appreciate you guys for staying on us, staying true to us. And we, uh, we're just thankful. We're thankful for all the... Um, 43. 43 now. We're thankful for all the uh, support that you guys have given us, for all the um, all the the chewing out that we definitely deserve. If you guys feel like something's not right with the website or if you guys feel like something wasn't right with the show, you guys are always sure to um, reach out to us, whether it's personally or whether it's via the show. Social medias. Again, if you want to follow us on all of our social medias, it is talk that or excuse me on Twitter. It's talk that talk LV. Once again, on Twitter is talk that talk LV. On Instagram is talk that talk radio show. Similar with YouTube. Similar anywhere else that you want to find this show. It's talk that talk radio show. Um, the Raiders won't be in the playoffs this year. Um, as a Valley football teams that have played home football teams that have played in the Legion Stadium are now 2 and 9 this year. Um So yeah. That's football in the valley for you. But again, 
I'm Tierra. This guy is We talk the talk, we talk the talk. From the shots that's called to the tomahawks, to the league boss. And the ones who lost, give it to me once. I don't drop the ball to the home runs that was out the park. Kershaw when I'm pitching off. Kobe the Howard, he looking soft. LA Rams in the city, y'all. You like that, you like that, you like that. Kurt Cousins back, long bomb to D-Jacks. Got special guests, got breaking news, got what's new if you need that. Watch me speak like Ali, R.I.P. Not a person on earth that can't stop me. Game seven, get a ball to Kyrie. Three. Come talk to talk with Chatterbox. We got it all with Chatterbox. Come tune in to Chatterbox. Come tune in to Chatterbox. Come talk to talk with Chatterbox. Come tune in to Chatterbox. Come tune in to Chatterbox.